Watson with the keeper. The game is never over till the end. He's in! Whenever that clock strikes zero. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. There is no offseason. Nuke with the TD catch! For your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Starting 0-3 and winning the division, it's a monumental achievement. And now we have to build on it. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. What trips him up for a sack? Oh my goodness! Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. All right, we lied already. We're not inside NRG Stadium. We are at Fuddruckers. You can hear the crowd here. It's great. It feels like a Tuesday during the regular season because our family, friends, and fans are here at Fuddruckers. And it's 59 in Greenway. A lot of Fs there. 59 in Greenway. That's the location. Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu with you. And welcome to the program. Cecil Shorts is our guest. He'll be here in a couple of minutes. So we have a little time to get uh, reacquainted, everybody, here at Fuddruckers, and it's fun to be here. It is really nice to be here in the off-season. This is our first off-season show. Usually we, do, we make a few trips out here to Fuddruckers, but, you know, usually around this time, I would say, draft time, and then we do a few afterwards. Yes, but I feel do. like it's been a really, really long time since we've been out here. And I'm excited to be back. It's so wonderful, too, because it coincides with what we did today, seeing players in the building. Yeah, we have stuff to talk about, yeah. too. Really, Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. Until <laughs> about January, hopefully February, we're going to be busy. I mean, there's that little lull in late June, early July, but basically football is back for us as far as covering the team and being around the team on a regular basis. I finally had a chance to meet Matt Khalil, and he's uh, an interesting guy. You know, his brother played in the league, obviously. His father played in the USFL for the Houston Gamblers back in the day. I mean, he's got an interesting story. He actually had a game once where he was facing his brother. He was with the Vikings, his brother with the Panthers, teams playing each other his sister was singing the national anthem wow about that his sister is apparently a great singer and of course you had whatever other family was in the stands that day so i can only imagine what a great day that was for the khalil family now the khalil family will be a lot happier if mac can play at a high level and stay healthy this year and that's his goal and you know he's out to do it he's got a one-year deal and he's out to prove that he can stick around especially in houston because he loves the texans giving him this chance and he also loves all the support he's getting in the building. I mean, he raved about all the extras, the Sports Performance Center, the nutrition that they get here. And obviously a lot of these changes, the upgrades took place last year for the Texans in the offseason. I, I think, you know, whenever we get a new player in the building, they always rave about Deshaun Watson and, and Romeo Cornell in the defense. And this was kind of the first time that I heard a player come in and say that that was the, one of the primary reasons why they decided to sign with the Texans because of the Texans medical team and the sports performance staff and everything that they've done to help some of these players that are on our roster overcome significant injuries. He didn't say who, but I can only imagine like, you know, JJ Watt, obviously back to back season ending injuries, Jadevian Clowney with the microfracture knee surgery, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson with the ACL, the fact that all these guys came back and were playing at a super high level. And Matt Khalil in the last three years has had two seasons cut short because of season ending injuries. And he thinks that, that's the X factor for him. If he can stay healthy, he can play at the level that he was once playing at. It's something we've heard quite a bit about over the last year from Bill O'Brien, Brian Gain, because you've seen a, chur- a changeover in the strength and conditioning staff. You've seen a changeover in the nutrition staff. I mean, it's a sports performance center instead of being the weight room. They've, they've really taken it to a different level and put a big, big emphasis on just getting guys healthy like you just mentioned. And it's not just about you know, wrap at an ankle this way. It's it's a total body thing as far as nutrition, as far as the weight room, and so on and so on. And so it's, the, it's like you said, it's the first time we've heard a player really rave about it, uh, and it's coming from sort of an outside source. He's a Texan now, but 
this is his first month on the job, so to speak. Been with multiple organizations, so it's yeah. interesting to get his point of view. All right, so let's get the hot reads here. We've got them. So this is Texans All Access. It's not really the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show, which takes place during the regular season. Uh, so it's kind of a hybrid show. We are at Bud Rutgers 59 and Greenway, so come on over. We're giving away some draft party tickets tonight. We do have some draft party tickets, so if you don't have any and you want a chance to win while supplies last, we'll give you a shot to win draft party tickets. And the draft party will be a week from Thursday at NRG Stadium. And also we got some other things happening. I don't want to give up the hot reads, but let's get to the first one. All right. The Texans players return to NRG Stadium on Monday for the beginning of the nine-week offseason workout program. Mm-hmm. They're now in phase one. So they can't really talk to coaches, and they're not really practicing or doing anything uh, as far as individual workouts. They're, they're really just working out is what they're doing. They come, they work out, they lift, and then they well, leave. So they, they can talk to the coaches. They just can't talk do, about They can't talk with a football and throw it around stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, I guess, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But they, can, they go there to work out. This, is, this will be the first three weeks, phase one. And then phase two, they'll start working with position coaches mm-hmm. and doing some individual, like, Position drills, I guess you could say. And then OTAs is obviously phase three, where they're out on the field. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. I mean, nine weeks of this stuff, which is, for us, it's interesting because, look, we work there every day, so we get to see these guys. You know, I'm talking to J.J. Watt today. I'm talking to Deshaun Watson. I mentioned Khalil. I'm name-dropping, but that's what I do on occasion. (laughs) Uh, But it's fun to be able to see these guys finally. And uh, we did see some of the guys, obviously, during the break between the playoff loss and the start of this thing. But just to see the bulk of them back, I mean, they're virtually all back. So that's cool. Well, one guy that we've seen a little bit of, if you're on social media anyways, Deshaun Watson. He's Mm -hmm. packed away his passport for a little while. After a global adventure to five different countries, he also arrived for the Texans Nine Week offseason program. He says no in-season goals right now. He's working to correct mistakes, get back to basics, and take his knowledge to the next level. Deshaun Watson will get to do so this year with Carl Smith, who's the new quarterbacks coach. He joins the Texans after spending the last eight seasons with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, he's excited about that, the, the Carl Smith addition because we just mentioned the gamblers a moment ago i mean carl yep. smith was coaching in the usfl I way know. back when he's got a usfl title ring he's got a super bowl ring from his uh, time with the, the seahawks and he's been with russell wilson most recently but this guy has been around the block spent a lot of time in new orleans working with those quarterbacks way back when and he even worked with matt leinert when matt leinert won the heisman at usc so he's seen and forgotten more football than probably deshaun watson knows yet and Watson's excited about it. He was with New England when Bledsoe was there, he right? Sure yes, was. So it's funny yeah. to have a coach that was with the Patriots, but it's not a Belichick era coach. It's Pete Carroll Patriots. It's Drew Bledsoe as the quarterback, and you know I think obviously the association with Carroll is interesting because Carroll is one of those coaches. I don't know if he's going to be a really good coach. He was with the Jets, then the Patriots. He goes to USC, wins championships. And then you have his success in the NFL again, or actually for the first time, real success in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks. But coaches can get better over time. I mean, I found that with Belichick, too, who started with Cleveland, didn't go as well as planned, ends up being who he is with the New England Patriots. Sometimes things take time. Well, I think it's exciting that he's worked with a guy like Russell Wilson, especially from his rookie year onward and and winning that Super Bowl with the Seahawks, because obviously there's a lot of comparison that's made between Deshaun and Russell Wilson and sort of their... Their mobility and the style. Well, Deshaun would like run. one comparison to really come through. <laughs> like, that's not quite well, there right Carl now. Well, maybe Carl Smith is the secret After to last, that. well, two <laughs> things. Super Bowl ring and what happened to Wilson last night. Yeah. Oh, and yes. It's, and it's even better because Wilson raves about Smith. I mean, it's not like there was an acrimonious mm-hmm. breakup. And, they, they're, you know, he, he had nothing but great things to say about Carl Smith. So that's another thing that's working in the Texans' favor. 
All right, next hot read. J.J. Watt is excited to be full go for uh, off-season workouts for the first time in two years. Despite his season-ending tibial fracture in 2017, Watt still ended up with 16 sacks, 18 tackles for loss, seven forced fumbles, and was named first-team All-Pro last year. So just imagine J.J. Watt not having to rehab. He's full go from this point on, how excited he is, and now how he says he can start actually working on his craft and getting better. That's something he's not really been able to do for the last few off-seasons. Yeah, it's, you got to go back really three years because the 15th season when he won the, the Defensive Player of the Year award, you remember his, his playoff game that, that he's, he's in, I mean, his, basically his core was ripped to shreds and he had a, a really tough surgery that off-season. So that that's the Kansas City Yeah, game. the Kansas City yeah. game. So you got that one, then you have the, the next two seasons. Each of them ended early. I mean, you got to go back to 2014 season yeah. going into 15 for him to be in a – and it's all relative when you say yeah. healthy because all these guys are banged it's up. It's a so while ago, though. Yeah, it's a long, long time. And he did – look at what he did last year. 16 sacks, 18 TFLs, seven forced fumbles, and that's all when he was still on the rehab, on the comeback trail. Now he's healthy. I mean, what could what could he possibly do this year? I'm going to have him on the show later in the week, by the way. I'm going to ask him about Tiger Woods. Not that he oh, is yeah. Tiger Woods, but if he can relate to, to a degree to what Tiger Woods went through sure. where you're not sure if you're ever going to reach the level you had, and I'm sure Watt felt the same way. He's mentioned something as such, and then uh, we'll, we'll find out what he says about that. I think a lot of these guys, when they go through an injury like that, they just have a different level of empathy for other for other athletes that go through the same thing. Like, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. uh, when we were up at Washington, when Alex Smith, uh, you know, he had that horrible season-ending injury against the Texans. I remember J.J. saying, you know, that's you just never want to see that. And he knows what goes into yeah. the preparation of the game and coming back from it. Obviously, Alex Smith is still having a rough go of returning with all the complications he's had since then. That is rough. I mean, Alex Smith is a, is a good quarterback, obviously. There's a comeback. It's funny how you have yeah. two quarterbacks from that class that are still around. Russell Wilson. I mean, not Russell Wilson. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and um, Aaron. Rodgers. What's that? Is Rodgers from that class, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, because uh, the whole drama broke out with That's the green base. Going, I didn't, I didn't no, I was going, yeah, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby, <laughs> class of 05. That's Are true, you yeah. kidding? Miami Dolphin quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else you got? All right, one more hot read. Tashawn Gibson, the new Texans safety. He also met with the media for the first time since signing with the Texans. Gibson told a story about how he was at a dinner with another team when he got the call from Houston and said that he wanted to sign right away. He is so excited to be back in Texas. I think he spent most of his press conference talking about how excited he is to be back in Texas. I asked him what his favorite, what he missed the most about being back, aside from his family, and I, I... I mean, he went on this like long, long answer about how he just loves Texas and Texas loves football, and uh, you know and whatnot. But I mean, all I really wanted him to say was like guacamole or barbecue yeah. or something. I mean, that's really all I wanted. Well, that's what you would miss. All right, let's welcome our guest tonight, Cecil Shorts the Third. Hello, 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 hello. Great to see you. Okay, so it looks like you're not playing this Sunday because <laughs> your knee is wrapped up pretty tight there, Cecil. So what happened? Um, I go in for a scope. Uh, of my knee, and they go in there, take some hardware out, some screws and stuff in there from my previous surgeries, and they find a, uh, a tear in my meniscus. So they got to go in and, and do some extra work. Um, so all, that's just all the same procedure, or did they? Ha- did you have to go back in? No, all, all the same procedure. So okay. while they were, while Doctor Lowe, the, the great Texans guy, yeah, uh, I love, I love him. While he was in there, thank you. He just uh, took care of it. 
So he's taking out some hardware, some screws. It's like a true value store in your knee right now. It and is. then he, uh, he decides, you know what, you need a little extra work. In there. <laughs> how, how, long you, how long were you walking around with a meniscus tear? Do you I think? have no idea. Do you remember uh, doing something to your knee? I don't. Was it hurting <laughs> that, you? Was it, was it you? bothering no, my, yeah. you? That, that's the reason I got the scope and oh. get the hardware taken out because my knee was bothering me pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I guess it, a meniscus tear kind of explains it. It kind of hurts, right? <laughs> you, just, you just thought it was just wear and tear after yeah, being Yeah, I think I'm getting old. I, you know, played in the league a little bit. So, you know, stuff like this happens all the time. So I guess so. Ouch. Hey, players are back for nine-week program of conditioning, getting ready for the season, then they'll have the big break of five and a half weeks in training camp. So what is this time of year like for a player? Did you like this time of year, or was uh, it kind of a grind? I mean, obviously it's a grind because you have nine weeks and you still don't have a game at the end of it. Well, the nine weeks are, are, bro- are broken down. I'm not sure if it's by three-week segments or how it goes, but the first two or three weeks, you're just working out with your teammates. So yeah. there's, no, there's no real stress going on at all. You come in. You work out with your guys, you might run, and then you take off back home. You're, you're back home by, by 1 o'clock, so it, it's, it's not too bad. Um, but it's always good to be around your teammates, see the guys again if you haven't been, if you weren't able to see them in the offseason. Um, so it, it's, it's a good time to be with the guys, but a lot of the veterans, they're kind of over it. <laughs> I was going to say, you better, you better, everyone's got to rush back to Houston just to yeah. do what you could probably be doing wherever you are. And it's, it's voluntary. That's a good thing. So, like, if you're a guy like Jonathan Joseph or J.J. Watt, a guy that's, you know, made, made a name for himself and, and knows how to take care of their body, it's voluntary work. So you don't have to necessarily be there every single day. Um, but it does look good if you're there with your teammates. The, if that's yeah. the thing. I, w- I want to ask you about that because, yes, it's voluntary. But they are here, and yes. the vast majority of the league, I mean, you're talking about 90-whatever percent of the yeah. league reports for these workouts. Is it because of that, because you want to be a good example, or because you miss the guys, or a combination of things? It's a combination of things. Um, I think after a while, for me, I used to get tired of working out by myself or working out with the same crew I was working with, and you want to get back with your guys because it's, it's a focus when you're with your guys. Hey, we're here to win the Super Bowl. We're here to, you know, jail. And then you got new teammates coming in, and you want to get them involved. You want to get acclimated to them and, and see how they think and how they go about things and how you guys can jail and work together. So um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit of both, but it's also this great leadership to be there, to work, to show how the young guys uh, that came back, like this year, like, you know, the Vincent Smiths or, or the Kiki QTs, they can look and see a whole offseason. Okay, we got JJ here working. We got Deshaun here working. We got the older guys here working. I need to make sure I'm doing my part as well. Hey, what's it like when you switch strength and conditioning coaches? Because you had that when you went from Jacksonville to Houston. Yeah. Texans are having that right now. We've got Mike Eubank. He's taking over for Luke Richardson. But, I mean, does it really factor into anything? I mean, do you is it is it a jarring difference when you're a veteran at that point, or what's that like the the, the transition when the coaches actually change in that regard? For for a veteran, um, is huge just to communicate with whoever the head strength coach is because at that point in time you have certain things you don't do. So certain guys I've been around they do not squat, they do not, yeah. do not put that weight in their back. It's just something they don't do. They go talk to the guy. Okay, don't worry about it. We'll do A, B, and C to make up for that. So just communication with the veteran guys. The younger guys, they have no choice. You do whatever, whatever he says. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how it goes. But for the older guys, it's just communication with them. Um, everybody has their own philosophy on how to go about things. So it, it, as long as you get to know the guy, they're there to take, take care of you. Their job is based on a listen. We want to take care of you, make sure you're the best you can be for the season. So it's pretty much no, no, 
no issues. Cecil Shorts is with us. We're going to continue our conversation here at Fuddruckers 59 and Greenway and find out what he thinks of the receiving crew coming back for the Texans, what they might need in the draft. I know you've been on Sports Radio 610 a lot, but yeah. here we are in this slot, and we're going to talk about that stuff, plus the schedule coming out tomorrow. Your thoughts on what you'd like to see. It's Texans All Access from Fuddruckers. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. Don't leave home without it. We are here. You should download that app, by the way. At Fuddruckers, 59 and Greenway. Feels like the regular season a little bit, except for there's no game on Sunday and no game for a long time. So I'm a little depressed about that. But I am excited because the schedule comes out tomorrow in 24 hours and 39 minutes. So I'm super excited to see that. Cecil Shorts is our guest here tonight, former Texans receiver. So how does a player regard the schedule? I mean, is it something you look forward to or like, (laughs) eh, whatever? Yes. It's something that you, especially if you're a good team, like coming off of a year like the Texans had last year, you know you're going to have Sunday night games, Monday night games. Mm. Everybody gets a Thursday night game, but you know the primetime games against good opponents. That gets you pumped up. That, that gets you going. Good. That, that gets you going. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun when the schedule comes out. It's always like a cliche, oh, yeah, I'm going to circle that game on the schedule. But that really does happen. That really right. does. People are like, okay, I can't <laughs> wait to this game. sometimes they just say, no, no, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I feel like how could it not matter? Because it, it always some does. of those games are, especially like, the games against your former teams, you had yes. to play against Jacksonville. Yes. yes. Obviously. Like yes. I would imagine those would be big for some of the new guys. I think uh forget it's Gibson, right? Gibson yep. with yep. a P. Gibson yeah. with a P, yeah. I think he will circle the Jacksonville game. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think twice. that'll be twice. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> but the first one is like, oh my gosh. It's hard to be racing, especially when he goes there, whenever that is. Well, so. there will be London. So London what can you tell awesome. us about that. You guys will love everything about London. Really? Have you ever been? No. I've been to London, well, but not, not for, a game, for an NFL not for a game. So the crowd is going to be amazing. They don't know what's going on, but they're <laughs> going to cheer loud the whole entire game. The, like, I went there three times, two or three times, and we got our butt kicked every single time. But they were loud every time we kicked off the ball or anything, anything yeah. they were kicking, they're going to they're gonna go crazy. But it, this is a fun experience. It's a it's a. Uh, the it's played in Wembley, correct? Yeah. Yes. So a historic, a historic stadium that you you're able to be in, and then the week leading up to it, they treat you like rock stars. It's it's amazing uh, how much love they have for you when you go over there. It's, it's going to be an awesome experience for you guys. So when you were with the Jaguars, they used to go a week early because now it seems like the trend is teams just go up like the day before, two or days Thursday. before. Yeah. So they try we to went, keep their routine as as similar as they can week to week. Well, we did our whole routine out there. That was kind of the, they wanted to keep everything the same, just do it out there and get it acclimated to the time change. Which right? is tough, I would um, imagine. The weather, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but you love, if you just enjoy the experience, it's, it's pretty cool. How's the recovery when you return, how is that part of it? Uh, thank God for the bye weeks and the following next week because yeah, it, it's yeah. a big difference. You know what I mean? Because you get used to that lifestyle over there. I think it's an eight-hour difference from here or something, mm-hmm. something like that, something crazy like that. So if we're over there, uh, so from when I was in Jackson, we went over there like on a uh, Sunday night after the game mm-hmm. and or Monday, a Monday night after practice, and we would fly over there, and basically we'll get there in the morning, and we'll stay up and we'll practice, and we'll get used to everything that's going on over there. And then you got to come back here, and it's like if you had a game that next week, you would you would struggle. You would you would be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. It would be it would be extremely tough. 
But um, it, it would be fun for all the guys, especially for you guys, to get to go around sightseeing and, and seeing everything. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, the Texans are going to do, it sounds like, practice on a Thursday morning and then fly over, play the game Sunday Sunday afternoon. Which, which has days. been an adjustment yeah. since you used to go. The yeah. teams are, yeah, as Deepy said, cutting that week shorter. And Jacksonville's been winning those games over there. I yeah. think they've kind of They're figured out what works. So I th- teams, yeah. I think it's a copycat league. They think, okay, well, th- that's clearly working for them. You have like, what, four games a year there now. So <laughs> it's a lot. Big. That, that part of the schedule might come All out earlier in the day tomorrow. So yeah. we're looking forward to seeing when the Texans play the Jaguars in London. It'll be a Jacksonville home game if you will, so that'll be cool. All right, Texans receivers, I know you've been on Sports Radio 610 a lot. You're on weekly uh, with the afternoon guys, but tell me something. How good can this crew be? Because if you look at, and I hate talking about health, but it's a, it's a reality. I mean, this yeah. is what they need. Yeah. Fuller missing so much time. QT not able to do everything he wanted to do because of health. But when they were all out there, or at least when anybody was out there, they were productive. When you took, talk about Fuller and QT, to get all three out there, how valuable would that be for this team? You would, you would no doubt about it, have the best receiving core as far as receivers in the NFL by far. Though all three guys are there available and playing um, how they know they can play, how we know they can play. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is obviously the best receiver in the league. You're not going to stop him. But if you have him alongside Will Fuller, who can take the top off the defense, who can run any route, who has proved that he can catch the ball. I know early in his career, it's kind of when he catch it, his hands were kind of inconsistent. He's pre- that's out the window now. Um, I think he is somebody that can be a Pro Bowl-type receiver. If you look at the stats last year, he only played half the games, and he's on his way for 1,000 yeah. yards yeah. <laughs> with multiple, yeah. with possibly, you know, a double-digit touchdowns. And then you got a guy like Kiki who can play in the middle, who can be the, the shield the 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 I guess the check down you, you you can say for for Deshaun somebody he can trust that he knows he's going to make the right decision in all his option routes somebody that's going to uh, get open in the middle of the field that can beat one on one coverage um, so when we have three options like that I mean you have a, a chance to have especially nowadays in the offense you look at Jerry Goff those guys are on their way uh, the Rams had three guys on their way to a thousand yards if, if Cooper Cup didn't get hurt um, you look at guys like the Falcons who have really good receivers or whoever else you you can have that. And I guess the Browns now, um, when you have Antonio Callaway, Jarvis, and Odell. But if you look at what these guys can bring, I mean, Kiki's first game, 11 catches. Yeah. That's, that's, as a rookie, that's unheard of. He was of. over 100 yards, that's, too. That's, that's, yeah. that's unheard of. And then when he came back, he was making plays throughout the year. And they're going to feed off each other. They're going to make each other better in practice. They're going to make each other better in the game. They, it, it's go, it's going to be a sight to see, I think, if all these guys can stay healthy. And I, and I think they will figure it out. All right, we have some questions from the crowd. We have a lot more questions for you from us as well. But let's get to our first question from Lawrence. Hello, Lawrence. How's it going, Cease? What's up, man? What player did you learn from the most in your rookie season? Your rookie season? Wow. After coming out from Mount Union. Uh, my rookie year, see, okay. I was drafted in Jacksonville, 2011. Um, the person I learned from most might be Rasheen Mathis. Rasheen Mathis, cornerback. Yeah. Cornerback from... Uh, Why him? Uh, you know what? He was just a, a professional of all professionals. He really knew how to carry himself. He really knew how to present himself. He really knew how to come to work every day um, and do the right things and just, and just be a professional football player. Um, for me, I, I was a younger guy in the receiver room, but a lot of receivers were young, too. <laughs> so right. they, they were still trying to figure it out. But Rasheen was a guy that everybody trusted, everybody looked up to. At that point in time, he was one of the better cornerbacks in the league, as you guys know. Um, and he was just an outstanding person on and off the field. So Rasheen Mathis was, was huge for me my rookie year. 
What do you think of Andre Johnson joining the staff? Like how he's going to be able to add to that. That's coach, exciting. That coaching staff. That's you, exciting. You, yeah, you've been around him enough to know him. That's exciting. He's uh, so. Uh, my question, to you guys, does he want to be a coach? Or he, he, he wants to be a GM type scouting type route. I think, really? I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's right. figuring it out maybe, but I, I can't speak for him and I haven't spoken to him in detail about it, but I think he's you know, he's open to a lot of different possibilities. I, I, I think he just likes to be around the yeah. guys in the game, so I think in whatever yeah. capacity he can help, he's willing to do that and then wherever there's a fit for him. Any know? anytime you can have a, a, a Hall of Fame receiver in the building um, that wants to be there whether it's coaching, whether it's scouting, or it's giving opinions on offense, whatever the case may be, you you got it, you got it, you got it. You know, take take that in and, and really appreciate his his willingness to be there, and um, for the for the guys in the locker room to see him every day, you got to pick his brain, you got You got to use him. You got You got to find advice, anything you can do. So it'll be good. It'll be really good. How right. hesitant are guys to do that though? You brought up Rasheen Mathis. Like, were you actually asking him stuff like, "Hey, what do I need to do on this route?" Blah 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 blah. Or are you? Does it just kind of vary? Like, how how often do young guys actually ask stuff of older veterans i think it once you get comfortable you have you understand he's just a human being like you because yeah. you, you look up to the guys coming in like oh my gosh that's andre johnson oh my gosh that's deandre hopkins and then after you get to know them and they joke with you and you hang out with them you get more comfortable you just build a relationship with them and yeah. you end up being friends and you just talk to them how you would talk to them then the questions start coming and then they start giving you advice and they come hey or if they see something in you they'll come to you like hey you got some talent but maybe work on a b and c so it worked both ways. It worked both ways. All right, let's get to more questions in the crowd. Mary, what's your question? What kind of advantages do you think having Andre Johnson on oh. staff will bring? Well, we just oh, we just bad. answered that. that. <laughs> I know it's, uh, the PA might not be getting over there. Let's get to Debbie's question. Who's next? Okay, one more before the break right. here. What kind of late round steal of a receiver would you look for to help complement? Oh, that's that's tough. So I love the Ohio State receivers. I absolutely love them. Whether it's Johnny Dixon or it's Terry, uh, what's Terry's last name? McClellan. Oh, Close enough. <laughs> Terry. I think one of those two guys uh, being a second, third, uh, second or third day receiver can not only help you with depth, but you'll need a guy that's going to be a four or five receiver that can play on special teams, that can run down on kickoffs, that can possibly return kicks or or return punts. Um, and you need a guy that can uh, it's going to work his butt off and understand, listen, I know my role. I can accept my role for the betterment of the team. And those guys at Ohio State with, with the head coach, uh, I'm sorry, the, the head receiver coach being Brian Hartline, a former NFL oh, right. wide receiver, he had those guys in that mindset. Like, hey, it's not all about you scoring touchdowns. It's not all about you getting all the yards. It's you get about NFL ready. us <laughs> winning. And if you look at their routes in the game, they – those guys are ready, man. Those those three or four receivers coming out this year, those guys are ready. So, to me, a Johnny Dixon, a, a Terry, can't say his Terry last McLaurin. name. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> there it is. One of those two guys will be really good in later rounds. Very cool. All right, Cecil is with us. We are at Fuddruckers, the Greenway location, 59 and Wesleyan. We have one more question from the crowd from Mark who just had back surgery, so we're going to make you stand up and wait to ask it. Oh, and last, too. <laughs> and and we'll Mark. talk about the draft a little bit because it's coming up next week with Cecil Shorts here <laughs> on Texans All Access at Fuddruckers. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. 
Geez, we're reminding you an awful lot to download that app. We're at Fuddruckers 59 and Greenway. Everybody here have the app, by the way? Good. Yes, good. All right. Everybody here going to the draft party, by the way? Because we still have some tickets to give away. Good. Draft party one week from Thursday. Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, Drew Doherty, and Cecil Shorts is with us. So the draft is coming up. What was it like for you when you got selected by the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Mount Union? Uh, dream come true. I mean, who gets drafted from Division Three school? <laughs> so uh, we were all you sitting. Did. In, <laughs> we were all in the living room, and uh, my agent had just called. It's day three of the draft. I got drafted fourth round, and, and my agent just called me and says, hey, there's not a lot of receivers coming off. So then maybe I had to wait till the fifth or sixth round. So I'd like kind of threw my pin down. I was like, all right, you know, let's – here we go. Long ride. You have no control what's going on. You just got to sit and wait for a phone call. So yeah. I'm sitting there, and then about, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, Jacksonville ended up calling me, and the house goes crazy. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> so a little bit of a surprise because you were all prepared to sit till the fifth or sixth. Yeah, we were, we were prepared to sit fifth, sixth, seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because my dad had a whole clipboard of every receiver that came out in 2011. So he scratched off Julio Jones, A.J. Green. He was going down the line. Randall Cobb, they like, get drafted. He just going down. He's like, all right, we got so-and-so and so-and-so. And then you, you coming up. You're better than him. We got, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm like, a all right, class, man, Naming yeah. all those names. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a pretty good class. What was your pro day like, and where was it? Uh, so I did a pro day at my school, and uh, it was just. Was it all Mount Union guys? It was uh, a few Mount Union guys, a few local guys. Okay. And then we had, like, you know, four or five scouts there. Um, it wasn't like super big, like you know, uh, UT pro day it was. But we had four or five scouts there, and and they came and they tested, and uh, you know they kind of checked us out. So I did. Only thing I did was run. It was like extremely cold. And we the D three school. We don't have an indoor facility to run routes, so it was like twenty five degrees outside. Ooh. And you had done the combine too. And I I yeah. just done the combine. I didn't run like I wanted to, but everything else I did pretty well. So they were like just run to forty. So I kind of. So Ran no indoor facility at Mount Union. Nah, huh? no indoor facility. <laughs> but they have ten fields or something like that, right? Don't they have this huge program? We have a uh, yeah, we got about four or five football yeah, there fields. There we go. Yeah, yep. I know nice. all about it. It's Dom Capers nice. alma mater. Okay, Mark, who had just yeah, who just had back surgery, bobblehead Mark. Oh, he's not in any hurry, Mark. You've made him wait through the whole. Yes, no <laughs> hurry at all. Show to ask his all right, question. next hour he's we'll have your back. question from the crowd here. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. What's your question? Will you be doing radio? analyst jobs full-time in the near future like uh, that's a good question i would love to i think it's a it's a lot of fun um i love doing the pregame show mm-hmm. uh thanks to mark i think that was a lot of fun i was nervous at first but i enjoyed doing it uh, and just to be around the game and talk about the game i would i would love to do that full time uh just like these guys are doing here so um hopefully i mean it's, it's a tough business to get into it's a lot of competition so i'm just trying to grind and work my way up and just be patient through the process and we'll see what happens what would you have to be nervous about as a former player? You've played for this team. You know this know. team. <laughs> like, what are you nervous? I'm thinking, should we be nervous? What, were you nervous? what was the thing that was the most nerve-wracking about doing radio? Different and not having a practice. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't practice. Yeah, you can't practice. You, just, you can only prepare. You just prepare and go on and talk about what you know. And, then, you know, as time goes on, I did a it, – it was awesome being on there with Sean Pendergrass, man. He, he did a great job helping me out on there. Um, Paul Galani did a great job of helping me, give me little tips here and there. But after, after a few weeks, I kind of got the hang of it, and then I kind of just, just went with the flow. But See, it, was, it was fun. Cecil, if you weren't nervous, you'd be a psychopath. <laughs> 
Only psychopaths <laughs> don't get nervous. It's right. okay I just didn't expect nervous. him to get nervous. I was like, well, you, oh, I mean, no. you well, know this team. It's a so. performance of a sort. So, you know. It is a performance. Sure, yeah. sure. Of course. And people are actually listening. You know what I mean? Uh, so. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that, there is that. There is that. How so, have you enjoyed, you've done some TV as well. How have you enjoyed that versus radio? And then you see some of your former teammates going into coaching. Yeah. So how did you decide to take that split from not staying in the coaching realm, but sort of going broadcasting in that way? Uh, well, I've seen coaching is just too much for my family and I and where we are. I got right. seven kids, a wife. I need to be home with them, you know, and I need flexibility to be able to be home with them and take care of the kids and be there with my wife and go on, you know, date nights and stuff like that. Whereas coaches, coaches are going on date nights. No, <laughs> I yeah. mean, you guys know coach, coach O'Brien's in the building every day, all day. It, it, it's, right. it's, it's a tough, it's a tough job, yeah. um, especially at that level, even the collegiate level. You got guys like you're there during the season and then you got to go recruit and recruiting is, is tough. So eventually I think I will get into coaching. That's um, one of my goals before 40, just get into coaching. But it'll be, it'll be the high school level. Oh, sure. It, it would be Less, the high school a level. A little bit more reasonable hours. And your kids will be older Reasonable by then, hours, but from what I hear, Texas high school football is very, very serious. Well, so. yes. <laughs> so it'll be yes. like mini NFL. I, I saw Bill O'Brien in the cafeteria the other day, and I made a – I was talking to somebody about vacation plans and, mm-hmm. you know, going on vacation once – OTAs and stuff is over, and, and Bill is just giving me that look that he likes to give where he just sort of glares. And I said, so, Bill, where, where are you going on vacation? <laughs> vacation. He's like, I'll go on vacation after, maybe after the Texans win the Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Now I'll start working <laughs> I'll be on going on vacation one. probably in the summer. You could, by, by the time you get into high school coaching, you could field half a team with your family, basically. So, <laughs> yeah. so we'll give us the, the update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's it going? It's going well. So we just had triplet girls. Uh, they're seven months as of tomorrow. They'll wow. Be Congratulations. They'll be seven months. So we have uh, seven kids under seven. My oldest son, is uh, he's seven, playing baseball right now, doing awesome. Uh, that's Cecil the fourth. Then Peyton, she's five. She's doing well. Montana, my second oldest son, and my last son, he's had heart surgery. So he right. had heart surgery, um, I guess, about a month ago. But he's doing extremely well. He's, oh, that's good to hear. He's pretty much back to normal now. Um, so he's we're, helping uh, we're feed happy the triplets, right? I, I saw that thing on Instagram. Yeah, he's, yeah. He that was, was really cool. He huh? was holding the bottle on Instagram, helping feed the triplets. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's, he's coming back to himself and recovering well. And then my daughter, Harper, she's like our explosive baby. She's just <laughs> everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the triplets, everybody's healthy and fine. It's keeping us busy. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I would say that's probably, it's keeping that's us probably busy. fair to explosive say. Explosive baby. That sounds like a problem, <laughs> actually. Uh, yes. Yeah. She's everywhere all the time. <laughs> But you get your built-in babysitters once uh, once the kids get a little bit older. You yes. know, a lot of babysitters for, for the triplets. For free, too. We're not paying <laughs> for free. For free. <laughs> Cecil Shorts with us. All right, I have this, not theory, it's not really that unique, but I think that when players come into the league, a lot of guys come out of college, very talented, obviously, capable of a lot of great things. But you've got to get better. You have to find a way to get better right away and every year, right? You have to keep on getting better. Yeah. And does that... Is that really the main ingredient that separates so many of the good players or the guys who can stick around for a while as opposed to the guys who just sort of flame out fast? Yeah, that's, it's, it's tough getting to the league. It's even tougher staying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can figure out how to stay. Um, so what makes you good? I think it's important to know your strengths and know your weaknesses. And, of course, you're going to work on your weaknesses, but also you've got to enhance your strengths as well. Okay. Um, so just understanding uh, what you're good at, what you're not good at, how can I get better, who can I surround myself with that will help me get better um, from a veteran standpoint, 
um, just from getting advice. Who should I go train with that maybe is a cornerback guru that works with, you know, Jonathan Joseph? Or who can I help with? I, de I dealt with hamstrings this year. Who can I go to in the offseason? Is there somebody in the building like a, 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 rolling, a rolling in, in, in the training room does an awesome job right. um, to help me strengthen my hamstrings? So we're just figuring out little things that get you better each and every year. And the good players find ways to do that. I know you had mentioned that this time of year you're there to work out and, and talk to the guys and have conversations with some of the new guys. Today, Tashawn Gibson said something interesting. He was talking about how much he's been picking Justin Reed's brain, and obviously Justin Reed just only being in his second year. Yeah. The fact that he's so intelligent. Like, What are the, some of those conversations like as players? Like, what are some of the things that you're talking about this time of year? Well, number one, you're just checking on each other's families, making sure everybody's good mentally, uh, physically healthy. Um, and then as far as football, you might go in a room and watch some film and just – I mean, for, for Gibson and Reed, they might go in a room and watch some film together. It's like, hey, what do you see? What would you call on this play? Or if it's, if it's three by one, three receivers on one side, the tight end here, what, would, what situation or what call would you, would you make on, on this play? Or what, what do you see on this play? Or how do you view this formation or, or whatever's going on? Just to learn their verbiage, to learn how they think. Um, just little things like that. And I think the more you hang out with each other, the more you, you really uh, build a relationship with that person and, and understand them. Um, the better you are communication-wise on the field. Hey, with all that in mind, you played with him, DeAndre Hopkins. How much has he grown since then when you guys were together? And how, how much do you, like, enjoy seeing the stuff he's worked on? Because last year in August I asked him, you know, what would you work on this offseason? He said, well, I don't think my hands were good enough, and so I was doing this. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell do you mean your hands were good enough? But he, 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 did, he was running. Yeah, we he was were going to say. He was catching golf balls and catching tennis balls and doing stuff like that. Jeez. How much fun has it been to see that, and how much has he grown since you played with him? He's grown uh, tremendously, honestly. Um, and honestly, I think the year before he might have had a drop or two. This year he didn't have any drops, so yeah. <laughs> maybe his hands did get better, <laughs> if that's even possible. But, um to see his growth from a leadership standpoint, I think I came in 2015. That was the first year he was not there with Andre. So that was the first year he was the man um, without, without Dre being there. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a big step for him. And during that year, you can see how he was trying to figure out what, did I, what should I do. Do I speak up now? How do I lead? How do I go about doing certain things? And now for him to be there and now to be the best in the game, it's, it's just so fun to see. I mean, you can see the hard work that he puts in. Um, the effort that he puts in, uh, his route running to me is what has got better from 2015 when I was there with him. He, he can run any route in the route tree. Mm. And, and, and it's crazy because you can have great coverage on him, but he can still able to get open. And then his number one strength is going up and catching the ball. So you can have, like DB can be all over me right now. He can go over there and just catch the ball no matter what <laughs> situation he's in. Um, so to see him continue to get better, um, to see him to, to, to learn how to be a leader on and off the field, um, to really bring in a young quarterback like Deshaun and give him a trust factor, um, give him somebody that Deshaun can depend on. It, it's, 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 it's just fun to see, and I'm really happy for him. So Deshaun has played about a season and a half. Yes. Not quite, but he's, he's just about there. What are you expecting? What's the next step for him as he continues to progress in his career? Um, to be honest, I expect him to be, this might be too big, and I'm not going to say too, anything's too big for him. I expect him to be an MVP caliber player year in and year out that's just from what i've seen this past year and a half i expect him to be that type of guy russell wilson just got paid this year the highest paid player in the nfl i think when Deshaun times come he will be the highest paid player in the nfl i just, I just see that for him um he can be that good 
And if you solidify some things on offense and defense, he can be – you take care of him. I mean, this year, think about it. He played through – God, I still don't know what was going on with his chest when he had to drive the yeah. Jacksonville. The ribs and the – How tough yeah. of a yeah. guy is that? Against Dallas. Mm-hmm. To still be able to stand in the pocket and make throws and make plays and not miss a game this year. I mean, he's he's incredible. And I think the sky – there's no limit to his ability. And um, I, to me, I think he's an MVP caliber player from this year on. How much is it going to help the receivers that he's 100% healthy? Not that there was a lot that you can do this time of year, but the fact that he is out there and he's 100% and he can really be working with those receivers. It's all about timing. It's all about timing nowadays. So they might they might get together once or twice a week, maybe now, but as time goes on, especially right before training camp, you got a break after, I think, uh, mandatory minicamp. you got a break yeah, before training camp. Yeah. Deshaun and, and D-Hop and all those guys, they'll get together and they'll work on their timing, and that's huge, man, just for him to come to offseason healthy. And um, those guys, I mean, they'll probably go fly to, you know, somewhere nice. They'll be somewhere. <laughs> like, we know, need to do this in Paris. Wonderful. You, you know, know, go to go to Paris. I mean, he was just overseas, wasn't he? <laughs> he tur- yeah, I just yeah, yeah, five countries yeah. this time. Yeah. So they'll, they'll go somewhere really nice and enjoy mm-hmm. it, but they're going to work extremely hard. And it's all about timing. The more you are on the same page with your quarterback, the better you're going to be on the field. What do you think about Demarius Thomas? He signed with the uh, Patriots today. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. For uh, a veteran receiver coming off an injury like that, I mean, as, as a former receiver, do you, do you find that encouraging that guys can still find jobs in the league, or does that is that something to be said about about him and the Patriots for that matter? It's encouraging for for older guys um, that have you know suffered a serious injury. Achilles tendon is, is no joke. Um, we just seen uh, you know the basketball player, Demarcus Cousins, how he had to go battle back through that, and they had another injury last night, and it was kind of related to the Achilles tendon. So and it, Deontay Foreman too, who Deontay took Foreman, a long time just, to come back from it. Yeah, it's tough, and he's young. He's a young guy, right? So is it tough for a young guy? You know, it's going to be tough for a 32, 33 year old receiver, but it's exciting. I hope he does well with it. Uh, I thought he was a great addition when he was here. Um, but the Patriots, man, and anytime you get a chance to go there, you want to you wanna go. <laughs> Foreman showed a lot of stuff his rookie year. Yes, L- A lot of ability, has the injury, and last year really didn't get out there much. I yeah. mean, one game he caught, caught a touchdown pass against the Philadelphia Eagles. That was pretty cool. But what about his potential, what he could possibly bring this year? Well, I think for him, he understands it's his third year, correct? Mm-hmm. So he understands how big of a year this is for him. Yep. And uh, how he has attacked this offseason is, is, is shows a lot of maturity on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see him move forward. But if he's healthy, his rookie year, he was catching slants in the yeah. slot, you know what I mean, yeah. going for 40 yards. He was an explosive player, especially being so big. He can run in between the tackles. So he can be uh, – him and Lamar can be a great one-two punch if healthy. Um, and then maybe he, him even taking over the reins – because this is the last year for Lamar and his contract. Not sure how they want to do with that. Um, but Lamar can be a – I'm sorry, not Lamar. Uh, Deontay. Deontay can be a, a great addition to the offense. And then that's just another weapon for Deshaun to use. Mm-hmm. You got the three receivers that we, that we that, to me, can be the best receiver court in the league. Now you got Foreman on one side coming out the backfield, lining up, playing receiver yep. in the slot, outside. You can throw screens to him. You got Lamar who can do different things. You got the young tight ends who can do different things. Come on now. That sounds like a top five <laughs> offense to me. And, and protecting, protecting Deshaun, that's, that's one of the big things. It, it's not just the offensive line that's responsible for the sacks, but no. getting better up front, that's something that they've said they've got to do. O'Brien said they've got to do. Yeah. Gaines said they've got to do. How do they do that? How much of it's through the draft? How much of it's through some of these additions that we've, we've seen in Khalil, Henderson coming back from, from injury? 
you know, I think they, they like Henderson. I think he's mentioned he's going to fight for the right tackle spot, mm -hmm. the starting spot there. Khalil is somebody that uh, he had, I think, an injury bug the last few seasons or a little bit. So, mm -hmm. But if he comes and plays up his, his potential, he can be a guy that can be a bridge guy for whoever you – because I do believe they're going to draft one. If it's first round, second round, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, you're going to bring a tackle or two in. That's just, that's just what it is. So he can be the man this year and maybe sign a long-term deal. Or he can be the bridge guy, and then he can still be around and maybe be the swing tackle. You know what I mean? So I think uh, shoring up the offensive line would be a, a, a huge thing. For me, I would like to go through the draft just because you can, through the draft, when you draft guys, you can kind of mold them to how you want them to be. Whereas, and you can teach them exactly the technique and everything how you want them to be. Whereas if you get a guy from that's been around six, seven years, they already have a mindset. And they, some of them guys are like, why would I listen to you? Or why, mm -hmm. why would this work? Or I like this better. So for me, if you want to go with a, a franchise type of guy, I mean, a guy that can change your franchise, can beat them, then you're next to Wayne Brown or somebody, and Wade Smith, whatever the case may be, I would go, I would go through the draft and really uh, build that way. And that way you got, you got this guy for a long time, and you got Deshaun Watson for a long time. See, so when are you on with the afternoon guys regularly? Wednesdays at 4 o'clock. Wednesdays at 4 o'clock, every Wednesday. So tomorrow at 4 o'clock you'll be on with Sean Pendergast and Rich Lord. Yes, two great guys. And Saturday two. night he's coming on Texans 360 with me. That oh, yeah. is going to be very cool. Texans 360 Saturday nights at 11. And we'll be on Texans All Access tomorrow night live right before the schedule gets released. Then we'll go live on all the social media channels. And I think Sports Radio 610 has got a schedule release special cooking up as well at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So that's going to do it for us tonight here from Ruckers. How about a hand for Cecil Shorts the third, ladies and gentlemen, Texans ambassador. Thank you, Drew, DP, the whole crew here, Battle Red and George. Georgie, we love you. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you, fans, for being here tonight. Go Texans! Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com.